0: Welcome to the Sample Chapter Podcast, the show where authors read a sample chapter from one of their books. Here's your host, Jason A. Meiske.
1: Hello everybody, welcome to the Sample Chapter Podcast. This is episode 71 with USA Today best-selling young adult author Eileen Aaron of the Alpha Girl series. That interview is coming up in just a few minutes. You don't want to miss it. Trust me. Hey, once again, this is the show where authors read a sample chapter from one of their books. Do me a favor, will you? I'm not going to ask you to go in and hit that subscribe button, although it'd be really cool if you did. I'm not going to ask you to do that. What I'm going to ask for you to do is listen to today's episode, like you already are doing. (laughs) Go back and uh, check out all the other episodes. Look for some authors and books that sound interesting and check them out. Here's what I'm asking then. The books that interest you, that you are thinking to yourself, you know what, I think I'm going to pick up this a copy of this book. Those are the episodes I want you to share with your friends. And tell them like, hey, I just heard about this book on this show and it sounds really cool. You got to check it out. Share that episode with people. That would be a wonderful way for you to help the show grow, for us to uh, have more readers find out about the authors coming on the show every week. And, you know, that would just, uh, I think it'd be a really, really cool thing as opposed to, you know, me asking you to subscribe. So, but if you want to, (laughs) if you wanted to subscribe, by all means, we are on iTunes, Google Play, all of the podcast platforms. We're also on YouTube so if you wanted to go over there you can check out the book cover of the author who is reading that for that episode. I think it's a really cool thing and I'm seeing the numbers starting to climb higher and higher every week so that's pretty exciting. We also have a Facebook and Twitter page set up for the show so if you want to follow us there both of those are great places for you to see pictures of Things that we're up to, like, uh, well, like this past weekend, for instance, where I got to, I was attending the fourth annual Writers of Warrensburg workshop for writers. Uh, oh my gosh, it was so much fun. Oh man, I, it was, here's, here's the lineup, okay? So for those of you who are familiar with uh, with what the workshop is, um, my group puts it on and we we go in, we have authors come in from the, from outside who are speaking over one subject or another, giving us classes. We do critiques. Um, you know, And then we have a wrap-up before heading over to Reader's World for a book signing. So here's our lineup this year. We, I got to meet with New York Times bestselling author Carla Cassidy. I got to sit down and talk with award-winning and Kindle Top 100 club member E.E. E. Burke uh becky turner and colleen rector were there as well i got to meet with them and pick up a couple of their books some members of the midwest romance writers group was there Uh, i mean it was just so much fun and of course a special place in my heart were previous guests and friends of the show isaac and stephanie flint they're from oh my goodness i think it was episode three so we go way back uh them and another special friend Stan C. Smith from episode two. He was my very first author interview on the show. He was there giving a, a breakdown on uh, on websites and newsletters, which because he's got an amazing set of both of those. It was so wonderful being there for that show, and I was I was truly honored to have been asked to stand up and and do a little session on podcasting for authors. Uh, man, I mean, I was. Truly amongst great people there. I don't know what in the world they were doing asking me to come up and speak about it, but I was really happy to do so. And it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. So I say all that to say that (laughs) if you're following us on social media, Facebook and Twitter, then you could see the pictures. Um, You know, actually, I think about it. I think I only put them up on Twitter so far. I'm going to have to share some on Facebook. So yeah, there you go. If you follow us on either one, you'll see pictures from over the weekend. It was great fun and then at the book signing I got to premiere the cover art for my newest book a novel idea I got it posted today on the on the page it's not something I like to do a lot you know I don't like to share my personal things on the uh, on the show's pages just because this is the show for authors I mean yeah okay I'm an author too but I mean this is for the other authors for the guests um, so, you know, I don't want to use this platform to just promote myself as much as possible. Um, I'm pretty proud of it. It's, it's a really cool cover. So I, I beg your forgiveness for my little interruption there with something personal, but, uh, so far, you know, people seem to like it and I, and they've, they've given me some really nice comments. So that's really cool. So hopefully everybody does like that and it's okay that, you know, for once I shared something about myself <laughs> anyway. That being said, uh, let me make sure and say a big, big, big thank you as well to You Store All of Warrensburg, Missouri. If you are interested in self-storage, you know, let let's say, let me put it this way: let's say you're an author and you have a bunch of shows coming up uh, over the next year. You've you've got hundreds of books coming in to prepare, but your car is in the garage, or you know, one of your kids are still home or had to move back home, and Now the extra room's been taken out. Where are you going to put all these books? Reach out for UStoreAll.net. You need to get on their website. Check them out. They have climate control and non-climate control. But I wouldn't be putting books in non-climate control. I can tell you that right now. I would be storing my books in climate control at UStoreAll. They have two facilities. One of them has brand new climate control buildings just completed. They are opening up the last of the units as fast as they can get them cleaned. So, it is some really, really cool stuff. And it is the premier place for self-storage if you are looking for that. Check them out online at ustoreall.net. That is the letter U-S-T-O-R-A-L-L dot net. I also want to give a big shout out to my friends over at Pop Goes the Culture. They have a fantastic website at popgoesthaculture.com loads of other amazing shows. I tune into oh my gosh, I think four of them every week. Uh lots of fun, lots of good things, lots of great articles being written on their website as well if you're interested in movie trivia, movie backgrounds, uh lists being made up of the top 5 this or that, really really cool stuff. Check them out at popgozerculture.com and I'm just so grateful to be Uh, to have become a part of this group, and that they share our show every week as well. Check them out online at popgoesofculture.com. And maybe last on here, but first in our hearts, Scrivener Writing Software. They are our beloved sponsor of the show. I use them every day when I'm doing my writing yeah i haven't been doing that much writing lately but i have been going back and doing some editing and let me tell you scrivener just makes it all so much easier it is so wonderful to be able to just open up the uh the scrivener app and pop in there and it just takes you right back where you left off and let's say let's say you remember you thought of something you're like oh you know what while i was away i was thinking about my story and i just remembered how chapter three is gonna end And chapter seven needs to go back and attach itself to three. Well, you can do that because each of your chapters are broken up. There's no scrolling, 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 trying to find where you left off or where you need to go. You can just pull up the chapters and move them around as needed because of their corkboard. It is the most amazing writing software out there. And you're going to hear a commercial for them here in just a moment. So I heard about today's guest, Eileen Aaron. I heard about her on, um, again, another friend of the show, Ryan Pelton, his show, The Prolific Writer. I heard her on that show, and I thought it was such a cool interview. You need to go over and check it out. So make sure when you get done with this, go over and check out The Prolific Writer with Ryan Pelton. And look through his backlist for his interview with Eileen Aaron. It's a much more in-depth interview than what I have. Mine is a, you know, more of an introduction. Uh, but still, Eileen and I have a wonderful time talking about strong female role models like the ones in her books. We talk about why werewolves are sexier than vampires, which was a very fun conversation. Um, and of course, we talk about her books and the ones that are coming up, including... Her uh, her very first sci-fi that just came out in March is called the Anare Chronicles. I think I said that right. Anare Chronicles. Uh, that book just came out in March. It's book one. And then, as of today, June 11th, 2019, book eight in her amazing Alpha Girl series has been released. As you're listening, you're going to hear from book one of the series, Becoming Alpha, which... By the way, that book is free on Amazon and Kindle. So you can go in there after you hear about this chapter and you get to hear her amazing reading for it, which she does a really, really good job. You're going to really like this. Uh, You can go pick up a copy of that. Then you need to buy the rest of the series, so that way you can get caught up with the newest book today. It's so cool. It is going to be a lot of fun. And you are in for a treat. So sit tight for a word from our sponsor, Scrivener. And we're going to get you right on over to our interview with Eileen Aaron. Jason here. Hey, I wanted to take a moment and tell you about my favorite writing tool, Scrivener. As a bonus for Sample Chapter Podcast listeners, use code CHAPTER for 20% off your desktop version. Scribner Writing Software. Built by writers for writers. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sample Chapter Podcast. Today, oh my gosh, you know, I say excited a lot when I'm talking about the upcoming authors, but today is... Particularly exciting for me. I have USA Today best-selling young adult author, Eileen Aaron. Oh my gosh. Welcome to the show, Eileen Aaron.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: It is my pleasure. I am am so stoked. I got to hear you on a friend's podcast a while back, and I thought at that time, like, oh, this would be great. And it it must have been fortuitous, because it was like a week later I heard from your agency. So they are on the ball.
0: Yay, I'm glad to hear that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, go ahead and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself.
0: Um, I am a young adult, uh, urban fantasy, also space opera author. Um, I've been doing um, this for the last uh, six years. Um, I've sold a lot of books and had a lot of fun writing them and getting to know my readers.
1: Wonderful, wonderful. Okay, so I I've got so many things I would love to dive into and sometimes I wish this show was more of a just a flat out interview, but oh well, it's not. Um, <laughs> so something I want to know is what is what is something you wish people would ask about you?
0: Oh, um I don't know. I guess I've never been asked that. Um, <laughs> I get I get asked a lot of different random questions about my series, about books, about what's um, coming next. I guess I what I want to hear more about is what other people like about the books. What are they What are they wanting? Um, mm. Because that's always something that's good for me to know. I recently was talking to um, my super fans group, and they told me that they wanted more dual POV. So I've been adding in. The other um, main characters into the the books, which is a lot of fun. So I always I I, I think I'm not that interesting. Everybody else is way more interesting than me. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear I want to hear what they want. <laughs> so you
1: you had uh, you started things off with your Alpha Girl series, and one of the things you discovered right away was you were told nobody wants uh, more vampire and werewolves, but you saw something missing from twilight. What, what did you see that was missing from twilight?
0: Um, the one thing that I, I didn't love about twilight. Now let me get this straight. I love, um, (laughs) urban fantasy and I know everybody has a soft spot in their heart for twilight. But what I didn't love was the balance of the relationship between Bella and, um, Edward that's his name right yes yep. um he 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 wasn't i don't know supportive in the, in the right way he was very um controlling i i wasn't sure that it sent a great message to young girls impressionable girls when she started throwing herself off of a cliff because <laughs> he broke up with her um and so that that kind of um, bothered me a little bit. So I went into my MFA, um, and I kind of, I needed something to write and I have this giant love for urban fantasy, um, and for Buffy and that kind of thing. I was like, you know what? I'm going to write something about werewolves because I feel like werewolves really have gotten the bum rap here. Hmm. Vampires are all so sexy and everything. And, and werewolves need to be, you know, they needed to be shown a little bit of love. So, um, so yeah, I decided to write this werewolf book, but when I got done with um with my MFA and I had this finished manuscript, um Twilight was kind of over and passe, it was twenty thirteen, all the movies had already come out. Um, and nobody wanted anything else with were werewolves or vampires or witches or anything really. And I was like, mmm, yeah, but I've loved urban fantasy before Twilight was cool, and I know that there's a whole group of people that were introduced to this genre because of twilight and there's going to be a lot of people that are now going to want more of that thing. So mm-hmm. maybe I could do that. Um, maybe that would, that would be kind of a little in for me and that it ended up proving true.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you were mentioning on there about the, uh, the female role models. I love that. I love that you want to make a positive female role model and supportive relationships. My wife is like one of my heroes. Uh, I mean, she left a, a stable job to go and join the military, retired, and now she's about done with school uh, to get a whole other career again after after retirement. And so, I love that you are you've got a strong female role models. Because not not to pick on Twilight, but I don't really think Bella when I think strong female role models, I think like Ripley from Alien.
0: But yes, Ripley. She's amazing. She's strong. You know, I yeah. Bella was not. She you know the vampires would fight and she you know kind of lay on the ground. Um, and that was kind of the thing that bothered me. Um, and I was like, where's the Buffy in YA? Like, where is that? Like, I, I want that kick-ass girl. I want you know, and I want um them to have a partner, boyfriend, husband, whatever mate whatever it's going to be um that kind of lifts them up supports them a good yin-yang relationship is kind of draws out the best parts of them to make them better and not this you know controlling um obsessive thing Mm. that was starting to be a trend which um made me a little bit uncomfortable
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah absolutely Okay, so I and you touched on this a minute ago, but I I cannot wait to hear about this because I already know a little bit of the answer. But let me hear your thoughts on uh, the smart zombies that you call vampires, or maybe that's the other way of- around—the <laughs> vampires that you call smart zombies and uh, werewolves.
0: Yes, I you know I read a lot of um, urban fantasy in high school and in college. Um, and vampires are always given off as being very sexy. They want to suck your blood. This is all very hot and scintillating and everything else. And I was just like, really? Really? They're going to eat you. They're literally going to eat you. Now, zombies, they're also dead, but they just want to eat your brains. A vampire is dead. It wants to drink your blood. I don't see why one is sexy and one is not. And I think both are not. <laughs> There, there was, for a minute, a trend of, of there being smart zombies and those being sexy. I'm like, they really want to eat your flesh and brains. Like, that's not sexy. Why why is this sexy? I don't understand. <laughs> but, I, but I thought, like, werewolves, they're cool. They can shift into a wolf. They can, like, fight. They're strong. They're fast. They're still alive. They're not going to eat you. <laughs>
1: I couldn't agree more. I have been a fan of werewolves since I was a little kid and I snuck into the living room so that I could hide behind the couch and watch American Werewolf in London.
0: Uh, oh, my yeah. My parents
1: were watching on TV and, oh, that was, I've been hooked ever since. So, now, which is your favorite kind? The uh, the one on four legs or the, the one that stands up on two?
0: I like the four legs. I like them to kind of be a very large actual wolf mm, kind okay. of thing. Um And, but then there's also the, there's, you know, the movies from way back, like Silver Bullet, where like the werewolves were, when they shifted into that form, they were really kind of mindless animals, Mm -hmm. monsters. And so I kind of stay away from that. They retain kind of their humanity as they switch into this other form. Um, But, but yeah, I, yeah, I find them infinitely more interesting. I also like kind of the, changing with the moon and like with teenagers and like puberty and changing into your coming of age and like literally changing into a wolf. It's kind of like all these parallels that you can draw and, um, you know, about like life and, and growing up and becoming who you are. So
1: mm-hmm. I,
0: I like using that in, in the stories. So,
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I can totally see that. I I've always been the, the classic wolf man style myself. But, yeah. Uh, but I, I have come around to appreciate both styles, long, long as it's a werewolf, really. For yeah. Me, that's the main thing.
0: I just, I, you know, everybody, everybody really got all, a, you know, from, <laughs> you know, Vampire Diaries, and then back, back, back to Interview with a Vampire. You know, like it, they've been sexy for a really long time, and werewolves were like monsters for a really, really long time. And I like, you know. Now I, I was like, I'm going to make the werewolf sexy.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's about time. Yes, absolutely.
0: <laughs>
1: now uh, you've—I've uh, heard you on other podcasts mention it before, and then uh, you, you kind of touched on it a little bit here. Tell us about the, uh, the uh, MFA.
0: So I um, had never taken a writing class before. Um, I, Graduated college, I, creative writing class. I had taken English and everything. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I, I always wrote kind of on the side in my spare time, but I never really took any classes or did anything. I, got, I graduated with a film degree, um, moved to LA to work in editing and kind of worked my way up from the very bottom, getting coffee level to like assisting. Um, and then I realized I was hating it. And the only thing keeping me going was the writing at night. Um, so I decided I needed to maybe change what I was doing and see if I could make a go writing as a career, but I finished a book and it was horrible. (laughs) It's, I mean, it just, it, it will never see the light of day. It was absolutely garbage, but I felt like I loved it. Um, the process of writing and I loved revising. I just didn't know what to do. So I started looking into different programs Um, and I wanted something that was, uh, genre friendly because I like genre writing. I wasn't gonna, I'm just not too precious with, um, with that kind of thing. I'm not, not into fiction literature, but I wanted to, I knew what I wanted to write. I wanted to write genre. So I found, um, Seton Hills program. They have a master's in, um, writing popular fiction and it was life-changing. I, I learned how to write. I made lifelong friends, um, and a new writing family. Um, it was tremendous. I, what happened from that? It was great.
1: Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Now, is that something that, uh, anybody can sign up for?
0: Yeah. I mean, you have, you apply it's, it's through a university, a proper university. It's low residency, so it's really flexible. Um, I would go there, um, you have writer's residencies. You're there for a the week. You can stay in the dorms on the summer, but in the winter, there's, you know, uh, people getting their um, mm. BAs and whatever in the dorms. So you can't stay there in the summer. Okay. But but it's one week um, in January and one week in June. And then the rest of the time, you are taking an online class um, and then also writing with your critique group, sending pages every month, and also sending it to a mentor who is uh, – published author some of them also have you know phds and whatever that are teachers and the professors in the program so that are helping you guide you the goal at the end of the program is to have a publishable manuscript that's just market ready um, and ready for you to go and start um, querying process or going indie or what whatever you want to do with your book
1: wonderful okay yeah yeah, that sounds incredible. I, that definitely sounds like a, a great service for uh, for people to sign up for and, and uh, look for. And it was because of this, this is what kind of led into helping you develop uh, Becoming Alpha.
0: Yes, yeah, so I showed up um, for my first writer's residency. You have to have a project. And so I met with my mentor. I was like, I don't really know what I want to write. And so we talked about my interests, what I like to read what I was thinking I wanted to do, and then I came up with this idea for Becoming Alpha. Um, It changed greatly in the course of the, I think it was three years that the program takes. Um, It changed greatly um, through the course, but that's what turned into Becoming Alpha.
1: Oh, my goodness. And that, in turn, turned into... 300,000 sales, your series mm-hmm. is 1.5 million in sales, I mean, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, and then of course that USA Today, that, that's got to feel pretty good to have that little tag on uh, on each book as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've, you've certainly done well with it, and you have an eighth book about to come out. Actually, as of today's episode, this should be on June 11th, uh, book eight, uh, Lunar Court, should be available. Oh my gosh, eight books already in the series.
0: Yes, yeah, so I put out Becoming Alpha in December of 2013, and now I'm on my eighth book, which is fantastic. Um, it, it's fun. I've, since the beginning of the series, I've switched POV characters a little bit, done some side characters, and this one um, I'm really excited about. It's one that fans have been asking me to write for a while They wanted Chris and Cosette to get together, and at first I was like, I don't know. It'd it'd take a lot for them to get together. They have some obstacles to overcome. And then towards the end of Being Alpha, I was like, you know what? I think they're gonna end up together. I know, I know a way. And so I wrote this book, but it was mostly because fans were asking me for it. So that's always (laughs) fun.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now, and the Alpha Girl series. This isn't your only. Uh, series that you've got. You've also got Off Planet. Uh, this is your first into sci-fi.
0: Yeah, I I did one sci-fi before called Cipher um, with another author, but this isn't. This one is my first kind of space opera where it's like going off into other planets and spaceships and that kind of thing, which was really really fun to write. Um, I also started writing this one in my MFA. Finished writing becoming alpha a little bit early. I finished it and got a new mentor, uh, Maria V. Snyder, who is a New York Times bestselling author, was my mentor for this one. And um, she really kicked my tush on it, which was great. (laughs) And and it kind of just sat there while I was writing all the alpha girl books. And then finally, last year, I was like, you know what, I'm going to put this book out. I was like, I I really want to go back to it. So it it was a nice break from werewolves, to, to go to the spaceships and kind of intergalactic travel and that kind of thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, nah, and you're going to have to help me with the name, and I should have asked you before we got going. Uh, it's the, uh, I'll, I'll, let me try it. Uh, it's okay. the uh, On Air Chronicles? Onari. Uh Well, that's, mm-hmm. that's much more sexy than what I said. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the Onari Chronicles. So off planet, and it just came out in March, so awesome.
0: Yes. Yes. I was really excited. Um, it's gotten great reviews. Great. A lot of my readers have followed me to this new genre, which is really amazing. Um, a lot of them were like, I never read a space opera or sci-fi before and I didn't really want to, but Eileen wrote it. So I read it and it's great. And I was like, that's kind of the best compliment ever. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm so thankful for that.
1: Yeah. Was that hard for you to step away from the, uh, you know, the wolf series to, to do something so different?
0: No, I, I mean, it wasn't hard. I would say it was necessary. I think I was kind of getting a little bit burnt out on werewolves, um, which is why I also do the kind of changing the POVs a little bit just to give myself a little bit of change of pace. Mm. Um, So this I thought was really fun. Um, And then when I went to write, Being Alpha, I was writing Being Alpha a little bit and kind of working on Off Planet on the side. So when I was writing Being Alpha, which is book seven of the Alpha Girl series, I had a really good time writing that one. I felt like more reinvigorated for the werewolves. So I kind of like a palate cleanser creatively, I guess.
1: Oh, very nice. Yeah, I know a lot of times people are worried about stepping outside of what's been so successful for them. So this this is awesome that you had the courage to do it and give it a try. And, you know, I'm just so thrilled that it's worked out for you. So as it should. So that's great. You got the, you you definitely have some wonderful fans.
0: Yeah, I do. It's been, it's been really great. I have, I, I like their friend their fans, but I have the super fans group that I I kind of treat. They're like my friends, you know? Um, I, I have a, the super fans group in my in my facebook and and i love them i love talking to them i feel like more comfortable opening up to to them and and building a friendship between them which is i think why they ended up following me and stuff to to the other series
1: (laughs) so what uh, what are you working on now what's next i know we have lunar court coming up um, as of today with this episode what uh, what's coming in the future
0: so, up next is Off Planet, uh, the sequel to Off Planet. Uh, Off Balance is what it's called. Um, and that will be coming out um, St. Patrick's Day next year. And then, um, after I finish writing that one, um, later this year, I will be working on Alpha Erased, which is book nine of the Alpha Girl series. So, that'll be really fun. Also, dual POV. So, I'm, I'm having fun changing it up. Um, and that one is set to come out next May, but I'm hoping to push that one up a little bit.
1: Oh my goodness. That's so awesome. Well, you'll definitely have to let us know when those are available and we'll, we'll make sure to push them out and, and help, uh, let everybody know that they're available. Great.
0: I would love that.
1: Uh, Miss this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on. Where, where can people find you and follow you online?
0: Um, you can find me at Eileen Um, I'm also on Instagram at, at Eileen Aaron and on Facebook. Um, so yeah, you can find me on, on all those places.
1: Uh, wonderful. And, and everybody will make sure and put those links in the show notes so that way you can click on all those as well as a uh, link to get on over there and grab, uh, some of her books on Amazon or wherever it is that you shop for books. So uh, Again, this has been incredible. Thank you so much for coming on the show, and uh, I look forward to following up with you. And and uh, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to check these out because werewolves <laughs> are my jam, and uh, I think I can handle some some YA if it's got some sexy werewolves. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I hope you enjoy it. If you do, <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you have a treat because you're going to be hearing from Book One of the Alpha Series. This is Eileen Aaron and Becoming Alpha.
0: The noise from the party raging downstairs seeped into my quiet space. I palmed my blue and red bouncy ball as I lay on my bed facing the wall. I threw it in the air a few times to watch the colors blur together before bouncing it off the wall above my headboard. It was 10 o'clock at night on a Thursday and the party was just getting started. My parents said that having people over tonight was unavoidable. We were leaving for Cedar Ridge, Texas, a small town, too small to register on most maps, in a few days. And people wanted to say goodbye. Any other 17-year-old would probably be excited about sneaking a drink or having an excuse to buy a new dress, but not me. I wasn't much of a party person or a people person. With my stuff already packed up and the TVs unhooked, I was beyond bored. Still, there was no way I was going downstairs. I disappeared into my room as soon as the caterers arrived, and then I'd found the end of the internet. Apparently, there were only so many gifts a girl could enjoy. Unless I wanted to pay for crappy reruns, I was out of things to watch and left with only my bouncy ball to aid in my entertainment. It'd been a bad idea to pack everything, but my essentials so early. Twenty-three small boxes were stacked against the side of my room. Most of them were filled with books. The only stuff that I'd left unpacked would fit into a small duffel bag and my backpack. But a bouncy ball was better than nothing, and much better than braving the crowd downstairs. I threw it to the beat of the music and counted down the seconds. Those would turn into minutes, and then into hours, and then eventually back into the quiet so that I could go to sleep. I was really looking forward to a fresh start. The sooner I could go to sleep, the sooner it'd be tomorrow. Only three more nights until Texas, until everything would change. I smiled at the thought, this girl could use some change. A knock came from my door. Bathroom's downstairs, I yelled. I held my breath as I listened, hoping they had heard me. The knob turned. Shit, I should have locked it. I hopped off my bed. Hey! What you doing, Tessa? My older brother Axel swung open the door. I sat back down on the bed. He knew exactly what he was doing. What do you want? He leaned against the door frame. He was well over half a foot taller than me, but that didn't mean much to my five feet and almost nothing issues. We had the same wavy dark brown hair when he let his grow and the same dark brown eyes thanks to our latina mom dad wants you to come downstairs even if it's just for a minute people are asking about you i made a face i'd rather not cover for me what if i said a certain celeb was down there he waggled his eyebrows the one i saw you drooling over last week i threw the ball at him and he caught it laughing the jerk dad's combo of pr work and law degree made him a hot commodity in hollywood he now had an enviable number of high profile clients if I were more into the L.A. scene, then maybe the guest list would have been appealing. I chewed on my lip, unable to deny the draw of my latest actor crush, James McAvoy. Nothing hotter than a guy with a sexy Scottish accent. He's really downstairs? Axel nodded. I thought for a second and then sighed. I still can't do it. I don't want to destroy the illusion of that my favorite Scotsman is absolute perfection. What if he has a zit or spills something on himself? Or worse, what if I accidentally touch him and I get a vision? The dream will shatter, and that big brother is not worth it. Even if I was willing to risk having a million other random visions, which I'm not. He rolled his eyes at me and stepped into my room. Hey, I jumped off the bed. Don't come in here. This is a clean zone. He knew I wasn't referring to the fact that I was a neat freak, but that everything in the room was new, touched by a minimal amount of people. It was only my defense, My a quick brush of skin against skin or even skin against other persons property was sometimes enough to give me an in-depth view into their mind as much as that might sound like fun it was usually more icky than cool he held up his hands please tess i know the drill he moseyed his way to the bed and collapsed come here he said patting his side i looked at him suspiciously the shirts new. yes i lay down on my side next to him resting my head on his chest a quick vision of a factory in some asian country filled my mind The humid heat had me sweating as the clacking of hundreds of sewing machines echoed in my head. Are you sweating? Axel brought me back to my room. Christ, it's like laying next to a furnace. I elbowed him as I rolled away. Your fault, that's a sweatshop shirt you're wearing. Shit, I actually like this shirt. He pulled it away from his chest, making a face as if he'd suddenly grown mold. I should let you touch my stuff before I buy it. I wiped the sweat off my brow. If you like it, then wear it. You already did whatever damage you were going to do by buying it in the first place. You never would have known if you didn't have a freak for a sister. He was quiet for a second. You're going to have to come out of this room at some point. You can't hide forever. He did this at least once a month, but he hadn't gotten the family gift. I had. You're not rogue, you know, he said. Oh, God. He was on variation 5B of the speech, also known as the comic book ripoff. You're not going to kill someone if you touch them. I finished where mocking his deeper voice. Right. Well, I still think that if you learn to block out instead of trying to avoid it, then you might be able to have a, some kind of a normal life. Maybe he was right, but you couldn't wash your mind or unsee things. Yeah, well, believe it or not, too much information is an actual thing. Like getting a glimpse of when you and, you and Bambi, Blair, whatever, I gagged. I don't know why you're so stubborn. Not letting anyone touch you isn't the answer. I elbowed him. Gross. You want people to touch me. That's so messed up. Shut it. You know what I meant. He messed up my hair. I'm gone in a few weeks, and I'm worried about you. I glanced up at him. We looked like twins, except he was all angles, whereas my face was round. Axel was only two years older than me, but without a doubt, my best friend. I'll be fine without your butt stinking up the house. He smiled like I wanted, but I wasn't sure that I'd actually be fine. Even if he wouldn't admit it, I knew he'd picked a college in Texas because we'd be still within driving distance. I hated that he turned down other schools and hated myself a little for being glad that he'd done it. He nudged me, I dare you to find out what the deal is with dad's new job. What do you mean? He's leaving his celeb build job in LA to work for some random boarding school in Texas? That doesn't strike you as odd? I shrugged. I guess I hadn't thought about it. I'm just looking forward to not going back to school here. I don't think I could take another year of those monsters. I paused. I shouldn't have brought that up. Look, the gloves will work fine in a school that's clueless as long as they don't know what it means. I'm old enough not to talk about what I see anymore. Plus, I'm getting better at minimizing the number of visions I get. It'll be a fresh start. And I'm not about to poke holes in something that might actually be a good thing. Aren't you curious? Even a little? I thought about it. Well, I wasn't. Axel sat up so quickly that I almost fell off the bed. You have to go downstairs to Dad's office and touch some of those papers from St. Albi's. That's a terrible idea. Going downstairs during a party where people might actually want to hug me goodbye was a disaster waiting to happen. And messing around in Dad's office? And I'd be begging for a grounding. Only a moron would agree to do this. Come on. He gave me the look that cocky half-grin that told me I was about to get into trouble. We'll go downstairs, sneak a glass of champagne, you can get an eyeful of Sir Hunk a lot, and then we can find out what the real story is behind this move. We'll be sneaky, and no one will see us, he paused. I didn't want to have to say this, but I double-dog dare you. I couldn't stop the grin. What are you, 12? What are you, 40? He poked me. Live a little. You gotta start having some fun Tess. "'I wouldn't mind seeing Sir Hunk a lot.' "'I snickered at the name. "'Plus, whatever we did had to be more entertaining "'than bouncing a ball against the wall. "'Fine. "'But if I do this, then you have to do something for me,' crossed his arms. "'Name it.' "'I could never think of anything good enough on the spot, "'and he knew it. "'Then it came to me, and an evil grin spread across my face. "'No chicharrones on the trip.' "'I almost patted myself on the back. "'Fried pork skins were something that I couldn't stomach.' Even if both he and my mom swore they were positively delectable, his mouth dropped open. What? You're talking about messing with my road trip tradition. That's sacred stuff. I crossed my arms. They're disgusting. You've never even tried them. He narrowed his gaze. They're delicious. I don't need to try them when I know I won't like them. Eating pigskin in any form is revolting. I stared at him and they stink. It might not seem like a big deal, but on a road trip halfway across the country, it was huge. Multiple bags could be avoided. Two days of cicerone free car ride was more than adequate reparation for one vision. Do we have a deal? He left my room. Great. Now I actually wanted the deal and he was bailing. I wouldn't give in. If I knew my brother at all, he'd be back in ten, nine, eight, seven. Just kidding. He appeared back in the doorway. Let's do this. I started out the door and then ran back. I'd only left a few pairs of gloves unpacked. I grabbed the heather gray cotton pair and slid them on doing up the apple buttons along the forum as I walked out the hallway. I would have changed, but there was nothing nicer for me to put on. My jeans, white peasant blouse, and leather flip-flops would have to do. Ready? He nodded. I only had a second to think about how much fun using my visions for something useful would be before I hit the bottom stair and stopped. This had to be a fire code violation. A few people clogged the bottom of the stairwell that emptied into the living room, the party planner must have taken out some furniture to make room, but there was still not enough. There were people in every square foot available, and except for a few actors who everyone would recognize, I didn't actually know anyone. Waiters dressed in black pants and white button-downs made their way slowly through the room, offering up hors d'oeuvres or drinks, depending on what their silver platters held. Speakers stood in the corners of the room, playing non-intrusive electronic music with a steady beep, but I didn't spot the DJ. He had to be set outside by the pool. I swallowed the lump in my throat and entered the madness. It wasn't long before I heard Dad's voice above the din. There she is. So much for no one seeing us. I wanted to hit Axel. So I did. Dad shook his head at me. Come over here, Tessa. Dad mouthed. His blonde hair hid most of the gray that started appearing a few years ago. I always wished I had his blue eyes, but I got my mom's brown ones instead. He was wearing a tailored navy suit, and I suddenly felt way underdressed. I brushed against someone and their jealousy burned through my skin. I shook it off and focused on Dad. He was watching my careful navigation through the crowd with worry. Dad knew about my gift, but chose to ignore it for the most part. Luckily, Mom understood it more, most likely because my abuela had the same one. She always said it made it really hard to be a Rovelli' teenager when her mother could read her mind. I'd say actually having the abilities made it hard to be a teenager, period. "'Dad pulled me to his side and tucked me close to avoid any touchy people. "'I got a few flashes from him, but thankfully nothing that drew me in. "'We're so sad your dad's leaving us,' some lady in a super tight dress said. "'What are you doing in Texas?' I shrugged. "'Eat a lot of barbecue and go to school, I guess.' "'She laughed, and her fake boobs nearly popped out. "'I looked for my brother. He was flirting with some young girl who looked way too skinny. "'She must be an actress. Help! I'm out!' as soon as I got his attention.' He made his way through the sea of people. I tuned out the lady as Axel grabbed my glove hand. Tessa, he practically shouted, drawing my name into two long syllables. There's someone over here I want you to meet. Dad's hand brushed my arm as Axel pulled me away. Dad was talking to his boss, a silver-haired man in a slick suit. His tie was a little undone. Jesus, John, are you serious? I wish I was joking. Dad sat heavily on the couch across the room from his boss. I know I'm leaving soon, but this lawsuit is waiting to happen. She's a liability. You've got to get rid of her. Whoa. Drama. I nearly cracked up at the look on Dad's face as he held onto my hand. He definitely didn't want to be talking to this lady. I almost felt bad leaving him with her. Almost. Oh, fantastic, I said to Axel, my voice so thick with sarcasm that Dad laughed. I can't wait to meet this person. Before I could get away, tight-dressed lady smothered me with her hug. Her hand brushed the top of my arm, and there was a vision. I hadn't been to Dad's office in a while, but I recognized it, the wall of glass behind his desk with an amazing view of the city. She was in his chair in black lace lingerie. Dad walked into the room, and she stood up. What the fuck are you doing? Dad yelled as he spun around. I'm giving you five minutes to get dressed and get out of my office. When I get back, you better be fucking gone. Dad tugged me away from her, and the onslaught stopped he brilliantly played it off as tripping glancing at nothing on the hardwood floor and cursing oh i'm so sorry lost my balance there for a second must be something spilled here he didn't give her a chance to say anything before he started walking away towing me with him holy shit did i just see what i thought i saw i spotted mom and pulled on axel's hand when he turned i motioned to her she was already heading her way Mom was super cute with short, dark, wavy brown hair and looked 10 years younger than she actually was thanks to her daily power yoga routine. A boldly printed Diane von Furstenberg wrap dress showed off her curves and got her quite a few stares from the male contingent as she walked across the crowd. You decided to come down on your own, she said to me. I raised an eyebrow. Not likely. She smiled. It wasn't a totally happy one. That's what I thought. Thank you anyway. I know that your father will appreciate you making the effort. Before she could leave, I stopped her and leaned close. That lady talking to Dad, the one that's about to have a wardrobe malfunction, totally tried to come on to him. She's thinking yucky things. Fifty shades of things. Mom laughed at her. A big, booming laugh. Not the reaction I was expecting from her. Don't worry, though. I whispered in her ear. She hasn't gotten anywhere with him. Mom sobered and stepped back to look at me. She seemed to realize something, then shook her head. Of course she hasn't. That's one thing you don't have to worry about. Your father and I are one of the few who have a forever marriage. Your abuela made sure of it. Growing up with my abuela made mom able to block everything but what she wanted me to see. No one else I knew could do it. When she reached up to cut my cheek, I relaxed my head into her hand and closed my eyes. I was flooded with 20 or so times they'd said they loved each other today. She kissed my forehead and I heard the echo from her mind that she loved me too. I opened my eyes and smiled. Thanks, mom. I love you. She gave my cheek a couple of light pats before looking at my brother. Be good, you two. Axe scoffed. Are we ever not good? Yes, frequently. With that, mom slid back into her role as hostess. Let's go before anyone else stops us, Axel said. We made our way to dad's office and locked the door. Thick law texts were haphazardly stacked on empty shelves. Banker boxes were piled to the right of his large oaken desk. Two long file cabinets sat along the wall behind the desk. I had no idea where to even start to look for the St. Albie stuff. You find the file and I'll touch it. I took off my right glove and stuffed in my back pocket. I'm not touching anything I don't need to. He dug through some drawers and started in on the banker's boxes. My palms were sweating. The longer Axel took, the better chance there was that Dad would look for us. Even if that was ridiculous, we need half of Hollywood in our house. Got it. Axel stepped around the mess he'd made and handed me a folder. I grabbed it, and my father's office disappeared.
1: That was Eileen Aaron reading a sample chapter from her very first in the Alpha Girl series, Becoming Alpha. Wow, that was amazing. I was blown away. Uh, You know, admittedly, I am new to Eileen Aaron, um, (laughs) which is amazing considering. You know she has 1.5 million in sales in this series but this is new to me and i was blown away i've already picked up a copy in kindle i can't wait to dive into it you need to do the same check the show notes for links for eileen and her books as well as links for all of our sponsors and friends of the show don't forget to hit that subscribe button so that way next week you don't miss out when we come back with a new author a new book and a new sample chapter thanks for tuning in everyone